0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Sam's Report. Today is August 26, 2017, and I am your host, as always, Brad Sam's. And we got another good week. (laughs) A lot of fun, or not so fun, uh, things happening in the world of Microsoft, depending on what side of the coin you are on. But here we go. I say we kick things off. Uh, Just a quick update on Thrott premium. Uh, What are the updates, Brad? Actually, we're making killer progress on the comments. I I don't have an exact date when they're rolling out. We just... Finalized a couple of few layout things, uh, final bugs, I think are hopefully done. I will tell you that it does support images and GIFs and all that stuff. I mean, it's just a modern commenting platform and I think we're getting close here. So, uh, I don't know when Tim is going to flip the switch and actually turn those on. I think he's killing some of that last bugs today and hopefully maybe next week. I have no idea. Don't hold me to that, but they're close. Um, we're actually kind of diverting some energy over to the forums. And those things are starting to, to wrap up and uh, look really cool, too. I'm really excited about the forums. It's desperately needed on throughout because there's a lot of things we can't do, really. I mean, it's just harder to communicate. Email is not great. We like public communication, but front page posts aren't really the best way of doing that. So a forum will give us a lot of good stuff. That's what's going on on Premium. Definitely check out the Level Up competition. If you have not, we've gave away, we given away four controllers this week. We gave away five every other week. And, uh, yeah, people are winning them. So definitely do it. Uh, somebody said, what is the upside of doing your own comment system versus discuss seems risky with spam, etc. Discuss does a little bit better. So the, here's the problem with discuss. We don't have a lot of control over what discus or some people call it discus. I refer to it as discuss, uh, what, how it's laid out the formatting, um, specifically because we have premium users. We want to be able to add features to the commenting platform and we can't really do that. So it's just a limitation of the platform. Yes, it's great. And I I totally get why people like it. It's simple and easy to log in. We're going to try to mimic that same uh, methodology on our comment platform. Hope, I I don't know if it will be ready for V1, but it's, there's a lot of limitations from a development side that we cannot do by using somebody else's commenting platform. Um, it, It just, we tried to work with them. Actually, we actually reached out to them and said, Hey, here's what we want to do. And they said, no, we're not really going to support that. So we had to go to a different direction. That's, that's really, uh, the honest reason why we're moving to our own commenting platform. So you're right. We have to worry about spam and a lot of other things, but at the same time, it also gives us better flexibility. And the fact that we have a full dev team behind it, uh, allows us to just to do a lot more. So, uh, other things, if you're headed to ignite, definitely let me know. We are, Paul and I are both going, I think we might do a podcast there. We haven't fully decided yet, but we're, we're headed to ignite, um, Let me know, because we might be hosting a little thing. Actually, I have no idea what we're doing. Uh, (laughs) I just know Paul and I are going there. Uh, We got our hotels booked, and just let me know. So, cool. That's Ignite. That is in the second half of September. So, there you go. That is what's going on. A couple other things. Not exactly Microsoft-related, but um, pro tip of the day. Don't use my email account for PayPal. This started happening um, late last night. A guy named, what is his name? Uh, da, 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 I should probably have memorized this. Nicholas, I won't even say his last name, uh, started using my email for his PayPal account. Now, I have a really generic email. It's just brad at outlook.com. And he used it to sign up to PayPal. And now I'm getting emails like saying, hey, your bank account has now been verified. He's actually added two bank accounts and he's setting up a business account or some sort of transactional, like high, high transaction account using my email. Now, Like, this is ridiculous. I could probably completely hijack his account. I thought about logging in and then changing an account name to like, hey, use my email. Or use your own email, not mine. Um, I've alerted PayPal. And, of course, they've been extremely slow to respond. And... (laughs) <laughs> I don't really know. This is this is bad. Now, PayPal does send these things that says, hey, you need to verify your email, and which he clearly has not done because he can't log in. I actually changed my password, and I have two-factor turned on, so I'm not, knock on wood, too concerned about it. But at the same time, PayPal just let this guy just plow on through using somebody else's email for bank account verification. So don't do that. That's just bad practice. I think everybody listening is probably smart enough to know that. But yeah, so there you go. Don't use my email for PayPal. So what's going on in the world of Microsoft this week? Microsoft is actually holding a bunch of meetings on campus, as we have been seeing on Twitter. Uh, Donna and a couple of the other execs have been tweeting out pictures, and this is why we probably haven't had any builds. And this is all about planning for the next phases of Windows. And so you've seen pictures of Gabe and Donna and Terry and Yusuf and uh, Panos is all there. I mean, it's it's the Windows org is really just kind of clamping down on this stuff. So that is... That is what's going on in the Twitter world with that stuff. I don't know. It, people are getting like really excited about this. Unless stuff leaks out, we're not really going to see a whole bunch from it. But just kind of keep that in mind. That's what's going on. That's what they're doing. They're planning. They're, this is very standard Microsoft stuff. So whatever. Uh, that is what they are doing. And that's why they're holding these meetings. Some people were thinking that this was something else. I don't... Crazy ideas. People thinking that they were like planning a secret release of Windows, like a Windows update this month. And they've... Like, I don't... No. Um, this is definitely not that. So just wanted to get clear that out. Uh, what Microsoft did do this week is Microsoft acquired Genie, which is a smarter way to schedule meetings. It sounds incredibly boring, but what it does is it's kind of like an AI. Well, it's not kind of. It is. It's using artificial intelligence to help make the planning process for meetings less terrible. And what it does As you copy Genie on an email invite. And this works really well with people outside of your company. And this is how it works. So if I'm Microsoft and you're, I don't know, let's just say Google and I'm emailing you for a meeting. I copied Genie on it, and Genie can look at my own calendar and knows the availability, and then can coordinate with that outside party to schedule a meeting time based on my availability. So it makes it so that you no longer really have to display that back-and-forth game of, okay, when are you free? Because you can't see their calendar, and they can't see yours. So Genie kind of takes over that middle ground and locks in a time and, and does it. So Microsoft bought this company. It'll be coming to Office 365. They did not say when. But I would imagine because this is already a live product, I believe the company was founded in 2014, that it should be relatively quick transition. Now, on Microsoft Timeline, to quick doesn't necessarily mean overnight, but it's a product that's already existed. So it's probably just going to be a repackaging, integration, and then shipping. Uh, I expect to see that in preview actually relatively quickly. That's really that's all they bought this week. <laughs> There's been some weeks where they bought in a lot of companies, but no, this is, uh, this is a relatively quick one. Uh, Something else that's been going on this week, and it's... (laughs) Paul wrote a pretty lashing post about it, but uh, we both picked up on the short Microsoft has gone on a Surface PR run, per se. And if you look around the web, you'll see commercials and, and other stuff. But they actually went with Business Insider, probably because they didn't know any better, would be my guess. And they invited one of their guys up and did the whole Pomp and Circumstance tour. Circumstance. Jesus. Uh... They did the whole tour, they walked them through the lab and showed them all the same things that has been shown off many times to other publications. Actually, Microsoft, uh, Ben Rudolph and Sam uh, did a live tour on Facebook Live, the exact same thing, showed off the exact same stuff of uh, where they build Surface. And so Paul and I looked at this and said, this is like really odd, because Surface Book launched obviously a long time ago. What is going on? What we conclude here is that Microsoft is mid-life cycle of the device and they're not going to be launching anything this fall, at least from the Surface Hardware lineup, we believe. And so what are they doing? They're trying to get some fluffy PR out there about their devices because, hey, the holiday shopping season is coming up. We need some good press. So what do they do? They invite people up and just say, hey, let's go do this tour that we've already done before with other people. And we even streamed it live on Facebook. And so that's really the only reason we can figure out why this came out. And they, they posted up as why the Surface is a success. And they were missing a lot of the backstory Business Insider was. And yeah, so we all know, if you're listening to this, you probably know the real story about how Surface was actually a disaster for a very long time. A very long time. First couple iterations were just terrible. It wasn't until Surface Pro 3 came around that Microsoft actually found the right uh, formula for the Surface product. But here we are, Surface Pro 4, great device. I mean, I, I use mine frequently, it's right here. So, uh, yeah, good device. But anyways, that's why I think that they are doing this kind of like fluffy, fluffy kind of Surface stuff. I mean, it's it, it really didn't make sense for the time of the year. But here we are, Microsoft doing this. Don't expect new hardware until next year. And la di da um, Other things that kind of... Went on, I know we talked about this a little bit, but Microsoft's new patching philosophy, what they're doing with Windows 7, Windows 8, uh, Windows Server, uh, the roll-up patches, where they're basically moving the older versions of Windows to the Windows 10 model of cumulative updates. And really, what Microsoft is doing here is they're sacrificing a few for the many. And you'll see why I'm leading in with this. What Microsoft wants, or hopes, is that currently, the patch The Windows ecosystem is very, very diverse, right? Uh, Even though they're only running Windows 7, we'll just use Windows 7 as the baseline. Even though a company might be running Windows 7, they might have several different patch scenarios deployed on different machines which each creates its own unique scenario about how a future patch could impact that environment because there's multiple iterations of windows 7 and different configurations so what microsoft is trying to do is level the playing field of configurations and saying hey look everybody's going to install all the patches or you're screwed and it's a really ballsy move uh their intent here is that by having a level playing field of all the patches it'll be easier to test new patches so that when they get released, they don't break things. That's the goal. Will it pan out? I have absolutely no idea. Uh, Microsoft, has, as we'll talk about here in a minute, doesn't have a great patching uh, history. But that's the goal. They want a level playing field, patch everything, it'll be great, it'll be smooth, because there's only one version of Windows 7 out there, or one version of Windows 8. It's all patched, it's all cumulative updates. And this is pissing off a lot of IT pros, because they can no longer selectively block updates. And because it's a cumulative update, they can't deny specific patches. It's either all or nothing. And it's, I think this is the the result of Microsoft being just the dominant platform and they can do whatever they want, but they're effectively limiting control of the IT Pro, which is always a very bad thing if you're an IT admin. But Microsoft is hoping that they can sacrifice a few of those goats to make the whole farm a little bit stronger. So we will see, we will see what happens with this. Um, because this kind of leads naturally into the second point here. Microsoft released a bad patch this week. It came out with Windows uh, Windows 10. Microsoft released a patch that broke a feature, the DSC functionality of PowerShell. If you are running this, the latest version, the, the patch that came out on Tuesday, you can no longer use DSC with PowerShell. Microsoft broke that feature with the update. It's like, come on, guys. Uh, it, and even worse, it's it's one thing that they broke it, But how they broke it is even more funny. What they didn't do is they forgot to include certain files in the patch. Like, that's just bad quality assurance. Like, who's looking at this stuff to say, okay, you know, just who's got the checklist of did we include these files? Because that's what they did. They didn't ship certain files in the patch, and they went, oops, uh, and broke that feature. So if you're using that, good luck. It's no longer working. You actually have to uninstall the patch uh, using PowerShell, ironically. And and on Petri I wrote it up and put the script in there. But... It's a a bad patch. At the end of the day, Microsoft screwed up, their testing was poor, and they shipped a bad patch. And like, okay, we'll fix it on Tuesday. This isn't a sustainable process. And Microsoft shipped a bad patch. Hmm. And now they want to make everybody force patches on everybody, but they can't even get their own stuff together and ship a quality patch. And let's just dive back to last week. Uh, Windows anniversary update. The It broke webcams. The webcam I'm using right now, I can't use 1080p on it because it breaks. Now, Raphael did find a fix that makes it a little bit better. Uh, but Skype with this webcam? Nope, doesn't really work. Thanks, Microsoft. And that's a bad update. We've got this patch this week. Freaking hilarious this week. Uh, also this week, if you plug a Kindle, into a windows 10 machine with the anniversary update it will cause that machine to blue screen after a few minutes and it was funny i mentioned this to paul I'm like hey paul you got a kindle plug it in and he asked me why and i said give it 10 minutes and he's like okay this is dumb it's charging and about seven minutes later he, he messaged me he's like my computer is blue screened i'm like yep and so well, there you go you can't freaking charge kindles with Windows Ten anniversary update, so the best troll you have right now is take a Kindle, go to your friend's house if they have anniversary update, and just just charge your Kindle on their machine, just you know plug it in, walk away, and come back twenty minutes later, and it'll have blue screened it It's ridiculous, and this is this is becoming a real problem at at Microsoft, and yeah we've we've talked about this many times. <sighs> Microsoft got rid of a bunch of their testers. They did it about, what it was about a year ago or so? And their, their intent was that, hey, we have 7 million insiders that are, that are voluntarily using beta software. Why not use those 7 million, gather the telemetry, and we'll be able to figure out what's wrong, and we don't need to test the software. You know, we'll hold the engineers accountable. They should test it in certain scenarios, and then we'll feed it to the insiders, and we'll get that feedback and then we'll run from there. It, this model is not working. We've clearly shown this week that either Microsoft just internal Q and A with a patch doesn't work. Um, people don't understand how to properly test. You got to understand. Even though there's seven million people, we all we know that seven million people are not on the fast ring, right? Or that they're not using it uh, every single day. The other thing is, insiders are not trained beta testers. We're not. Uh, d- d- Just because, anybody can sign up to be an insider. My mother could go sign up and be an insider and run the software, but that doesn't mean that she knows how to properly diagnose a hardware fault, um, a software fault, or a bug. That just means that she can report the telemetry. And the webcam is a perfect thing. The Logitech C920, I would argue, is probably the most widely used third-party webcam uh, in the world. That is USB. I I would argue that. It's a very popular webcam. And that bug was not picked up by Microsoft even though Paul had been complaining about it I had a few issues Uh, other people had had issues but nobody could diagnose it because hey we're not really designed we don't have the same information Microsoft gets about this stuff and yet here we are um bam with that Logitech issue the Kindle is another one not everybody has a Kindle, but this seems like a Kindle's a pretty popular device that should have been picked up by testing, but nobody in Microsoft is doing the proper testing. They're depending on outsiders to do it. It's not that the model is completely breaking down for Microsoft, and I hope that they are actually seriously taking a look at this. Paul and I talked about this uh, earlier this week, and it actually led to a post that Paul wrote this week. It says it's time for a a reliable computing initiative. I completely agree with him here. Uh, I used to joke that uh, I wish Threshold 2, which came out in November, that for RS one, which came out the anniversary update, that it would just be TH two, but worked. <laughs> like this is it's this is a joke, but now it's actually turning into be pretty serious that Microsoft is is shipping broken functionality that's uh, in production, and so mm, yeah, I don't I don't know how I don't know what they're gonna do here because they can't just go back to all those people they fired and said hey, hey. Um, can we unfire you and come back and actually do all the work that we, we still need? I think that's what they should have done is kept all those people, kept the insiders. Yeah, it's a little bit of overlap, but you would have shipped a better quality product. And But at the same time, at the same time, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's just frustrating because I need this stuff to work. Everybody needs this stuff to work. I can guarantee you Microsoft doesn't want to ship bad product, but it's also a scenario that Windows is kind of like, if you don't want to run Windows, what are you going to do? Um, you could, I know there's going to be people who say, hey, run Ubuntu, but that doesn't really work for the mass majority of people. Linux is not quite there yet. Um, if you want to play games, it's not quite there yet. And I don't know if it ever will get there just because of the nature of how Linux works. It's not a bad operating system. Definitely not saying that, but I don't think it's a mass market operating system. Uh, And there's other flavors of Linux besides Ubuntu. I know that people say, hey, it's better. But again, it's still, in my opinion, for a very long time will be niche. It's much like Chrome OS. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't don't know what Microsoft is going to do here. And I don't know how they're going to, they really need to take a long, hard look at their testing process because, we're, we're too far along um, this process to still be encountering these bugs. What I would love to know from Microsoft is actually how many people of the 7 million are actually running builds daily. I bet it's I bet it's significantly less. Um, I would actually argue, I bet it might be under a million. I, I vaguely recall Gabe saying only 10% of people, uh, and this was many, many months ago, might even more than a year, w- was around 10% were in the fast ring. Most were in the slow ring. So... Yeah, um, I don't know. That's that's what's going on in that testing world. And mm, interesting, interesting stuff. Be on the lookout. Be on the lookout for any changes you see. Um, I don't want to start a rumor here, but I'm hearing that there might be some changes in the Windows org coming. But I don't have enough on it, and I don't really even want to speculate about where this is headed. But uh, I received a tip. We'll just call it that, that there might be some changes coming to the Windows org. And it, it actually kind of makes some sense if you think about it. Terry has consolidated a lot of groups underneath the Windows org. He really has. And so I don't, I don't know whether these changes are going to impact and how they're going to do. But just be on the lookout maybe this fall uh, if things materialize in the way that they do. So that is, <laughs> that is the bug fix stuff, man. It's gnarly. And if they keep doing this, this is the problem. This is, this is really the problem. They're going to lose consumer confidence in patching, and then they want everyone to go into this roll-up model, but we can't trust the patches that are coming out because it's like, okay, I'm going to install this because I have nothing else I can do, and yet it breaks, which leads me to another thing. Uh, some information came out this week about Windows 10 fragmentation. Yeah, let me, where's my mouse? Did my battery actually die? Oh, no, it's way over there um some people started questioning about windows 10 fragmentation is this an issue and so actually a duplex came out with some information says uh 77.2 percent of people are running windows 10 version 1511 which is the november update uh 6.1 are running vanilla windows 10 um and then let's see uh 16.2 percent are on version 1607 and about a half a percent are running Windows 10 RS2, are also known as the Insider. So let's let us think about this. People were questioning says, Hey, is this fragmentation going to be the next Android? And no, it's not. It, it doesn't work in the same way. Let's think about this. So Microsoft is committed to supporting the current branch, which is uh, 1607. And we know that there's a lot of people on 1511. So you have two options. One, the people in on 1511, provide, we're going to take the consumer scenario will eventually be forced into the anniversary update, right? They'll get the update, they can't block it, and they will update. So all those people will move as Microsoft does it, which means they are supported. If you are on 15.11 and you start blocking updates, then you will not be getting updates regardless and you're no longer supported. So that fragmentation model doesn't really apply to Windows 10. People are saying Windows 10 is the next Android. It's not gonna work like that. And then of course there's long-term servicing branch for Enterprise, which is just on vanilla Windows 10. And they will get patches as well. So the fragmentation argument that Windows 10 will end up in that route just doesn't make sense. You're either on the latest update in the branch you're in, or you're blocking updates. And if you're blocking updates, you're no longer supported. It doesn't matter. So, if you're blocking updates, you're taking risks in your own hand. And so the fragmentation thing is, uh, yeah. So moving away from that, uh, Microsoft actually is on Twitter says, hey, we've heard your feedback about the Surface Pro 3 battery and we're working on a fix. We've already heard this. This is nothing new. The kind of the blogs and stuff went crazy with it. And that's great that they're working on a fix. But how about they announce a release date and hold their feet to the fire? Because people who have a Surface Pro 3 are being completely screwed over right now. Uh, they don't have a laptop. They have a, a desktop with a very small desktop monitor and a, an OK keyboard so hmm yeah i guess i don't know like the service pro 3 thing is like another thing like where was the software testing on this um and you can't put that on insiders that they're going to be testing that uh microsoft clearly has an issue why don't they just roll back i they keep saying they have this fix and they've determined the problem but here we are uh several weeks actually for some people it's been longer that this problem still exists today that's the Surface Pro 3 thing. That's what's going on. Um, again, I don't want to stir up some drama, but this is the second time I'd heard this. I heard this initially when things went down, and I heard it again, and this is why I'm finally actually talking about it. And so I have two independent sources that I know are independent. Tell me this. So we've heard a lot about Joe B, right? He's gone. He just kind of up and left Microsoft. He said, I'll be back in a year. And it was very odd. And so two different people have now told me that Terry and Joe B got in a huge fight, and that's why he left. And it wasn't some like ah, you know, like I'm just kind of sick of the corporate world. I'm just gonna go take a year off. Um, I, I think I think there's a lot more to it. And from what I heard is that those two got in a big ruckus, and um, Joe just kind of like stormed out, and that's it. I don't. I honestly don't know if he's coming back. I don't know. I haven't heard anything internally about Joe B. What's going on? But um, yeah, I know a lot of people like his stage presence, but I I don't I don't know if he's come back. He he doesn't need to work for the money. Um, he know, was no longer working anyways. But yeah, so that's the Joe B stuff. I'll be I'll be very curious to see. And I bet if he does come back, I bet he's not working in the Terry's org, which then I don't know what group he would be within. Who knows. Uh, Other things that just kind of went on in the world of tech this week, Google released uh, Android 7.0, which will be delivered to approximately .01% of Android devices. Actually, I don't know if that statistic's correct. Uh, Google 7.0 is out, and you can run it. Um, I have it on my Nexus 5X here, and it's great. But the problem, as we all know, with Android is that by the time 7.0 reads any sort of distribution within the Android community, it's going to be many, many, many years from now. So who knows what, uh, whatever. But that's out. The other thing that leaked this week, which I find hilarious and is probably going to result in somebody going to jail or being in a lot of trouble. So the PS Slim leaked and it is ugly. Uh, you can find inter- pictures of it all over the internet. Just go take a look. But compared the Xbox Slim, Xbox One S to the PS Slim, Xbox One S looks dramatically better and I'm not just saying that because I generally like Microsoft things better than uh, Sony stuff but it's really kind of like it fell off the ugly tree and hit a couple branches on the way down Uh, Microsoft did a wonderful job designing the Xbox One S to being modern and blah and whatever slim tiny and all that good stuff and the Xbox or PS slim is just not exactly a pretty looking thing so that is the PS slim should be announced here in a couple of weeks. Uh, Lenovo is also going to start preloading Microsoft apps on its smartphones. This shouldn't come as a big surprise. Microsoft and Lenovo announced a couple of things this week. Uh, I I really think, uh, I really think this is kind of the beginning—not really the beginning, like the mature platform that Microsoft's taking. They're just getting their apps on everything. They want to have the best mobile apps on all the platforms, and we know this. This isn't really changing the narrative at all, but that's their strategy in mobile because we all know the story of Windows Ten mobile. Mm -hmm. Um, so Lenovo preloading Microsoft apps on their phones good for them good for Microsoft I guess I wonder how much money exchanged hands so other things that were announced this week actually not really announced kind of uncovered I think Microsoft did officially announce it is actually called uh, Microsoft Cache C-A-C-H-E which is a universal internet clipboard is the best way to describe it it's going to be a universal app and it's only coming at least initially to the iPhone and so what it is, it's a universal app, you can drag content into it, and boom, it shows up on the other app, on all the other apps. It's really just kind of like this bucket that you put things in, you can find it other places. So what this sounds a lot like is OneClip, but it's this is not OneClip. I mean, it's a very similar idea, which is very interesting to me, and I will probably end up using it a lot, but it comes from the garage team again. And I don't know when it's coming out. Right now you can go to, uh, actually go to Threat and, you'll, and search for Cash, And you'll find it. And you'll find the sign up link in the URL. But right now it's only on, and this happens every time. It's only on iOS and Windows 10. And we know, you already know where this is going. And everyone's like, I have an Android phone. This is terrible. Microsoft's garbage. I've already written about this, why this happens. This is a garage app. They needed to get an app out as quickly as possible. And so they built it for iOS. That's just it. I imagine if this app takes off to any sort of capacity, that it will be on Android, and uh, I would imagine it's going to come to Windows Phone, especially if if they already built it as a universal app, but it was not specifically called out that it worked on the phones. But uh, I would imagine. I signed up as well. Actually, if you go to their website, uh, I believe it's Microsoft.com. they actually have a, a help email address, and I emailed them, and they did respond, and I said, hey, can I get the apps to download? They said, yeah, we'll send it to you when we're ready but they didn't actually give me a date for when that stuff will be coming out. But it should be here relatively soon. I mean, they've got a proper website up. It looks pretty neat. What I really hope, and I don't see it on their website, what I really want is to be able to click on something, right mouse click on something and put send to cache. That, that would actually be super helpful because what I'm going to use it for, I, what I use right now is I have a notepad document in OneDrive. And so when I need to transfer something from my desktop to my Nexus or my iPhone or my Windows phone or whatever, I just go in there, open the Word document, paste in the string of text, and then open that same document up on my mobile device. It Works, you know, and it's not great, but it works. So, this is, I'm really hoping that you can just use this app and it might save me a little bit of time or make things a bit easier. But who knows? Who knows when that is coming out? Um, somebody asked why I have my band on and I've got an Apple watch around here somewhere and uh, this thing It just depends like if I'm outside like the Microsoft band does much better with uh, Exercise like it does much better step count. I've done step counts between the Apple watch and this guy uh, Side by side the Microsoft band is much 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 better for Exercise related activities and I was doing actually I cut the grass earlier today And so there you go one of the other things I do want to point out, I got a tip from somebody, uh, and this is, again, no surprise, that Microsoft or their distributing partner or somebody along that lines came and, and collected all the signage for the Band 2, which means that Microsoft is, hey, no longer selling them uh, or making them or anything else, which needs a lot of people to say hey, the Band 3 is coming. Um, I haven't heard anything about a Band 3. That doesn't necessarily mean it's happening. I've never really gotten a lot of good Band tips in my life, but... I don't know. Who knows? Hopefully the band three will be here soon. I the problem with these things are if you use them heavily, and I guarantee people will start commenting on this, the bands actually start breaking, because this is my second one. Um yeah, the, like the rubbery stuff kind of gives way and it, it becomes like cracked and fragmented. Uh not fragmented like Windows 10, but just you know what I mean. Um Yep. And as Eric just pointed out, it says just in time, just got mine swapped out for the second time, the band cracked again. So yeah, so that's not too big of a surprise. So who knows? Microsoft has no longer has an entry level surface. They no longer are making the band. It seems like that would be a good thing, although I don't think they're going to announce the Surface 4, I don't think, um, in the near future. Could be wrong. And I don't know what they're doing with the band stuff, but we will find out. So that's really about all we've got for this week, guys. Ended here with a Windows Insider Tip of the Week. Um, This is actually pretty serious. Uh, only submit quality feedback to the Windows Feedback app. I know this seems extremely obvious, but if you go look in there, it's like half the time people are saying, Hey, bring, uh, Pokemon Go to Windows Phone. That is not feedback that's gonna help. If we actually truly want to help these engineers solve these bugs, we gotta make sure that the, the feedback that's going in is, you know, how to reproduce it, screenshots and all that good stuff. But don't ask for crap that's never going to happen. Pokemon Go is completely outside of what Microsoft can do. Snapchat has the same thing. It's not up to Microsoft to bring those apps to Windows 10 Mobile. Uh, Just try to keep it on point to see if this is not going to help those engineers. But at the same time, it's also on Microsoft to be able to filter the noise. I mean, they should be able to filter this stuff really super simple. But that's the tip of the week. Make sure you submit quality feedback, guys. And that's all we've got for now. And appreciate everybody watching. And catch you guys next week.